Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. Hey, you know what I love about the fact that you're listening to this right now? Uh, the fact that you already know what a podcast is. Now, whether you already have a podcast of your own or not doesn't really matter. But what's cool is we're talking about the state of podcasting in 2019 because there's a lot of changes that are happening, a lot of cool things that are relevant to you, whether you have a podcast or not. So make sure you stay around, pay attention, because it's me and my COO, Matt, talking podcasting. But first, the intro. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he wants to invent a hot sauce called Pat on the Back, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Welcome to session 375 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And did you know, fun fact, there are less than 1 million active podcasts, just less than 1 million, 660,000 to uh, reference a study by Nielsen, I think, last year. So probably a little bit more than that, but still probably less than a million, which is kind of crazy when you consider there are over 500 million YouTube channels and over 500 million active blogs. It's just insane. We're still in the early days of podcasting, which means you're gonna see a lot of changes and things happening. We're, guess what, already seeing those changes right now. And I thought it'd be very, very interesting and important to talk about this based on a lot of the sort of latest news and latest software and the latest tools and the latest sort of whatever is happening right now in podcasting with all of you with a good friend of mine who knows a lot about the tech side of stuff, Matt Gartland, my COO and also CFO of Flynn Industries LLC, my partner in crime. He and I were here together to talk about podcasting with you and we're just gonna dive right in. So let's do this. Matt, what's up, man? Welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, Love being here. Thanks for having me back. So you were back uh, from last time you came on to talk about the team and the transition and the big, uh, the next big steps in the business. Now, this time we're going to talk about sort of the next big thing that's happening in podcasting. Podcasting, in my eyes, with how long I've been doing this, is taking a similar path to what blogging was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Do you feel that that's kind of happening too with a new medium that more people are getting more access to and now people are kind of going to to consume content? Do you, do you see alignment there with podcasting versus blogging? 
Completely. Uh, for a couple, I think, maybe big reasons that we can unpack here. You know, one is that we have tremendous influencers like Seth Godin that are weighing in you know, with that opinion. Um, Seth said uh, somewhat recently, probably in the last, you know, three to three to four months that that podcasting is the new blogging. Right. So when you have someone with such credibility and authority taking a stand like that and seeing the potential for the medium, that that means a lot. You know, two, uh, which we'll, I think, get into as well, like the tech innovation is amazing right now. And oh, it's, it's adding. So it's adding so much more professionalism to the final product, you know, that us um, being, you know, fans and consumers of podcasts as much as we are creators as well. Like the level is so much better um, that creators can create right now. Uh, the professionalism, the quality, and then the le legitimacy as a media uh, and medium is, yeah, it's uncharted uh, for for the the audio or the podcasting industry and, and does mimic, I, I think, how how blogging grew into a very you know credible outlet as well. Yeah, credibility and legitimacy is very important. And we're seeing a lot of larger companies now and celebrities like Conan O'Brien and, and, and big, 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 big companies, Kevin Hart and, you know, uh, start podcasts of their own and, and flocking toward this medium to be able to deliver more value and, 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 and give people this content. But when you look at the numbers, it's still very young uh, to me. There's less than one million active podcasts I recently saw. And there's 500 million blogs. There's 500 million YouTube channels. Even with such, quote, small numbers, uh, with air quotes in that, uh, why do you think these celebrities and bigger players are, are diving into podcasting too? Uh, for several reasons. I, I think they want to be ahead of the curve and continue to want to be influencers. And this is definitely a market and a medium that is entering the next great phase of its own growth, right? So I think that they see an opportunity to have an impact, a positive impact. Uh, I think that they, number two, have, uh, you know, they're motivated and incentivized to just fuel their own audience growth, right? So you mentioned like Conan O'Brien, you know, the the integration of media from you know digital channels to traditional channels like television, you know those those gaps are 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 decreasing, right? Things are getting more integrated. So for for Conan and Brian, he's incentivized to try to have relationships with his viewers that aren't just on television. How can he serve them? Um, how can he interact with them? How can he learn from them and receive feedback from them in different ways? And because you know, podcasting is expanding and it's in and its integrations into yet other digital channels, social media and whatnot. Uh, I think that, you know, creators like that are further incentivized for it. Uh, three is just the barriers to entry are decreasing, right? E even for those big players. So it makes more sense for them to make the investments of time and resources uh, and their staff and whatnot, you know, to, to create in those channels because there's also a demand there. Right. And there's also some big news in terms of tech and uh, acquired uh, things that were acquired. Uh, do you want to go into that a little bit? And, and if people don't know, uh, you know, Matt's going to tell you sort of what big moves were made and lots of money was involved in the podcasting space. And then we're going to kind of jam on, OK, well, what, what does this all what does this all mean for us? We're kind of just laying it all out there right now. So, Matt, do you want to take that? Yeah, uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity says, to share the news, uh, especially for folks that haven't heard. So we're talking in April here, uh, earlier in the year 2019, this year, Spotify acquired Gimlet Media and Anchor.fm in a uh, basically joint acquisition, which is a bit, to me anyway, and uh, I would love to hear your opinion, Pat, but I think that was sort of an earthquake moment for the industry, like super exciting, monumentous, uh, monumental and is going to really change things up, uh, I think, in a really innovative, disruptive way. Uh, Gimlet Media, obviously, probably the darling uh, or one of the big darlings right now in all of professional podcasting, uh, the creators of the startup podcast that started it all, really. 
and they have Homecoming, Reply All. Uh, they're probably up to, what, 20, 30 shows right now, maybe even more? Yeah, I think so. But there's there's only a few of the top ones that are consistently in the top 200 podcasts in iTunes. True. Yeah. But uh, in terms of the dollars, you're you're hinting at the dollars. Spotify spent $230 million on just Gimlet Media alone. Uh, I don't believe that the, the number for Anchor.fm was publicly disclosed. At least I haven't seen it. But yeah, I mean, that's major league, you know, tech oriented or tech level funding, right? Uh, to, to do those sorts of uh, acquisition moves. And all the tech writers are writing about it. Um, in addition to like social media influencers and, you know, companies like ours on just on the media side, it's getting a lot of attention from, from every angle. And to me, that's exciting because it, it's inviting new critical thinking about the future, not just of the technology, but the business models that underlie a lot of this stuff. You know, there's so much now discussion and, and hypothesizing around, you know, is Spotify going to start charging for podcasts, you know, especially the Gimlet shows that they've just acquired, right? So there's a lot of big questions that are now getting more more publicly discussed. And I think that's a good thing because uh, I think that more commentary about these bigger topics and the future of the industry uh, for both the creators and the consumers, we need to have those conversations at a larger scale. So what do you think what do you think Spotify's purpose of buying those companies and acquiring those companies are? Like let, let's go with each of them. Because I don't think Spotify wants to become a place to produce sort of lower end podcasts like one might think anchor.fm would be used for. Not not lower in sort of a degrading kind of way, but more like, you know, the non-exclusive, non-celebrity type podcast, but podcast that anybody can, you know, create a platform uh, on on anchor.fm. But I, I like, I don't know what that play was for Spotify. And, and I don't, you know, the Gimlet Media, I could see, and like you said, there's going to be some interesting business models. I would imagine that there, there are going to be, for example, you know, exclusive content that's just on those platforms. Uh, they're probably buying a lot of the people who are there working at Gimlet Media as well and, and, and just the right. knowledge of Alex Bloomberg to help inform sort of what they can do to create newer, uh, better shows. But but the Anchor one, I'm still curious about. I'm, I'm not sure if you have a, an opinion on that. I I have an opinion that is informed, just to be uh, open about it, from some really good tech writers uh, that have written that, that I read. Owen Williams is, is a great specific one to mention. He publishes uh, the Charged newsletter. Highly recommend his work. Um, really great uh, technology writer. Uh, and he has talked about, among others, how actually the, the closer integration of tooling, uh, because Spotify is a tool. It's a platform. Mm. Uh, the, the greater integration of tooling to both create and listen uh, is a big incentive for Spotify to more just own more the end-to-end process. And when you can own anything that's a more sort of end-to-end, you can start to get into territory where uh, one of the kind of buzzwords from the tech community is like a walled garden, right? Uh, that that you kind of control soup to nuts. Uh, and then kind of have total control and total domain over what goes on there, uh, largely from, from, say, an economic standpoint, from like what you can charge and how you charge for it uh, and how you continue to grow uh, the market. So if you're Spotify and you see that Apple, for example, has really been doing no major innovation in podcasting for forever, and yet they still dominate market share uh, in terms of users on their, their podcasting app and how iTunes is still the de facto place that all podcasters need to go to get their show listed uh, and that's the primary feed. Uh, people subscribe in iTunes. Uh, even us, you know, at SPI, we still drive people predominantly, uh, first and foremost, to mm-hmm. iTunes. Do we not? Right? Yeah, we do. Absolutely. Um, 
but this sort of a move by Spotify opens the doors to challenge, not even just the tech innovation and how can we improve the tooling, but to create a more cohesive integrated system that makes it easier uh, and does up the quality level to your point for creators to put out better shows and figure out ways to potentially you know, generate economic advantage off of that. So I think a more integrated technology platform plays into the long-term vision of Spotify that they have themselves even discussed being not just related to say music, that's obviously where they got started, uh, but their vision uh, in terms of a corporate vision is about audio. It's, all uh, it's simply, audio, right? it's just all, all audio. So, you, so we could start to certainly hypothesize as people have around audio books going to Spotify, around mm. all sorts of even audio snippet material that could easily get you know, produced and then published into social channels, which is, I believe, a capability even of Anchor.fm. And that's where maybe Anchor enters the picture here and why they, you know, were interested in them. So, yeah, I mean, that's how Anchor started was to be the Twitter of audio. And I remember getting exactly. on that platform and I was really excited about it. But the problem with that is you can't scroll through audio and quickly digest to kind of go deeper. You have to hear clips and it's these clips, like you, you can't speed through them. And it's just, it's just a totally different experience but anyway I, I i didn't even think of that matt so thank you for for the whole sort of like walled garden situation like you said and apple obviously is just a directory but they're sitting on millions and millions of listeners and it just boggles my mind every time i think about what apple has in front of them and in, in, in terms of the podcast world and the podcast app and their platform and how much control they have and yet they've done nothing with it i mean only recently have they sort of awoken up a little bit and turned back on the new and noteworthy section so we could start to see well who's new in the podcasting space that was dead for three years and they finally came back right after all this netflix uh, or sorry not netflix that's another topic we'll talk about in a sec but the spotify stuff happened but why do you think apple's been so dormant in the podcasting space for so long for me i just think it's because Podcasting is free, and they that that's not their primary motive, right? They're, they're about design. They're about these experiences with their hardware, and they just happened to stumble upon podcasts, which kind of grew, and it's just, you know, it's still archaic in terms of the way it works and how it looks and how it feels. Findability is absolutely grossly terrible, and they, they, like they could be doing so much more. Like Apple could have created their own hosting platform. They could have created their own advertising platform on top of that where there's a lot of money obviously now involved in that, and they missed out on it. I mean why do you think Apple has been sleeping on this? I, you, you said it, and it's hardware. Hardware is the answer. So Apple – for its entire origin and growth and amazing growth and an amazing history, obviously, it has been first and foremost a hardware company. Uh, from you know per, uh, personal computers, PCs, obviously, into the you know the, the dawn of the, the smartphone era, iPod, uh, in, uh, into yeah, certainly music, but in a hardware sense with iPod exactly. And only relatively recently, so we're talking maybe the last couple of years, uh, again, if you follow the tech industry and read the really smart tech journalists, you know, is Apple truly realizing that their hardware verticals in their business, chiefly iPhone, you know, in the last maybe couple of fiscal cycles here, is starting to peak. Uh, so there's this other buzz term uh, from the tech industry called uh, uh, peak iPhone, uh, or just like peak sort of anything is, is, is I guess, more, uh, the broader, uh, buzz term. Mm -hmm. And in terms of unit sales, in terms of adoption curves that can get tracked, uh, and obviously a lot of these companies like Apple that are publicly traded on the stock market, they have to release, uh, release a certain amount of their numbers, right? Um, we're seeing essentially, you know, peak growth there. 
Uh, so when you're a major business and you're starting to see some of your major growth verticals, you know, start to diminish or start to reach a certain plateau, you start to maybe panic. And, and I don't think they're motivated by panic, but they are like, okay, how do we start to basically innovate uh, away from, at least in Apple's case, hardware? And now we're seeing a lot of software, right? Or a lot of subscription-based services, you know, that Apple's doing Apple Music. Um, and coming out with. Uh, they're investing a ton in Apple Music. Absolutely. That's a big thing that they're doing. They're starting to foster real genuine partnerships with other companies. So a great example is that until this year, until January of this year, you could not access iTunes on, say, a smart television. But in January, they announced a deal with televisions where you could go, if you had an LG TV you know, with, with the smart components, you could access your iTunes like movie directory. So if you bought like an HD uh, or a 4K, I should say, movie, you know, in iTunes, right? Mm -hmm. You can now access that straight through your LG uh, TV without needing the, uh, to integrate, say, an Apple TV, um, that you know, the, the the hardware Apple TV product, right? right. So we're seeing right. Apple's growth from a software standpoint, software integration, subscription-based services. They're clearly making a play with software. And I think this is where now, especially with Shopify, or I'm sorry, not <laughs> Shopify, uh, Spotify coming in, and obviously making major moves of their own, they're like, whoa, we're going to probably need to do something. So I would not be surprised. And all the, again, tech writers seem to be suggesting the same thing, that we're going to see some uh, renewed innovation coming from uh, from Apple because they are now forced to. Yeah, and, and obviously they've tried to innovate in other ways, like with the watch and and, and the the what was it the, the home pod or something with the, the iHome pod that's their, that that's their speaker which bombed um, by the way yeah because it didn't have what was it it didn't have the smart component in it um like it, just it was wasn't as good as Alexa a glorified Bluetooth speaker but it wasn't like yeah it wasn't Alexa like it, there was no like built-in AI to it right it, um, it wasn't as smart at least not as initially Google assistant and 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 they had the uh, Apple was going to recently announced the oh gosh the the wireless airpad i think it was ca actually called the airpad which and, they can uh they canned it and so that's just ridiculous yeah. um so you know the software i see for sure but but we're forgetting one major software related component that that apple does have and i know we're getting into the nuances of just apple and big business now but i, th I think it's just fun to talk about and we'll get back into podcasting in just a sec because this does inform like why apple's been so dormant hopefully hopefully maybe they'll wake up or do something because they have a lot of they have a lot of people who could potentially subscribe to things or or do things, but uh, the app store and the thirty percent uh, not commission, but you know uh, essentially they they get thirty percent of all sort of profits uh, from any sort of app sales, which is a huge part of their business. I'd be interested to under to, to learn like what percentage of Apple's revenue comes from apps versus hardware versus you know Apple Music and such. Exactly, and that's even a uh, a great point to integrate back with just uh, Spotify and what's happening there, where if you went from, for example, a Spotify free plan uh, and you just downloaded the app and you were listening to music, which you can do, uh, but you get you you get served ads or you can't listen to the whole albums. Right. Mm -hmm. And you wanted to say upgrade to a paid plan. You cannot do that in the iOS app because Spotify doesn't want Apple to get 30% of that transaction. You're forced to leave the iOS app, go into a web browser go to spotify.com, log in with your account and upgrade there, which from a user experience standpoint, obviously is suboptimal and sort of atrocious. Um, but you know, the economic incentive for Spotify is huge. They don't want 
to just lose 30% because of that, right? Yeah, I, um, I, I saw they came out with a commercial that was like, hey, Apple, why are you doing this? It was like kind of cartooning. It was like a big announcement from Spotify to Apple, basically calling them out for the 30%. But then Apple responded saying like, hey, like we kind of built you. We kind of made you happen on our, like you wouldn't exist if it weren't for us. It's just been a really, you know, the tech industry is weird like that. And and, and the, those big players sort of like take uh, take shots at each other uh, like that, but but let me bring the conversation back to podcasts. I think another cool thing that has happened since the Spotify acquisitions is the sort of idea of that there might be uh, something, somewhat of a Netflix of podcasting in different ways. And there's a, there's a lot of different companies that that I've never heard of before that I've now heard of, like Brew.com, and I think Polymash is another one, and another one. Um, I, I I and there's more, but what they're trying to do is have paid subscription services to listen to certain podcasts. And so what they're doing is they're they're taking a lot of, you know, investment capital and pouring it into having celebrities come on, similar to like what Audible's doing with a lot of audiobooks and they're having people like Mel Robbins come on to do an audiobook that's exclusively an audiobook for her next stuff and and I don't know if that's working very well and you know, what are your thoughts on on like a Netflix of podcasting? Is that something that could even work because podcasting has been free for so long? Like would you would you pay money to listen to your favorite podcaster? I, I think I would, but I do have some some nuance here. Uh, okay. I'll first acknowledge uh, Hank Green, whom I love. Uh, I, I think you've watched his stuff. Yeah, he Hank had a whole uh, he had a, a whole vlog episode on exactly this question, right? The 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 Netflix uh, of podcasting. Would it work? You know, would it not? Uh, there was actually a really great comment left by someone, one of his fans. Um, on that YouTube video, you know, on the YouTube platform that got a, just a ton of uh, upvotes uh, w- with, I think, a really central, really clear idea, which is to say that Netflix really worked because Netflix took something that was typically pretty expensive, like a, a cable subscription um, that you might be spending, you know, $100 on a month, right? Mm-hmm. And making it less expensive, right? But to make a Netflix of podcasting is the opposite of that, at least conceptually speaking, going from something that is free and has always been free to now charging for it. And that, you know, the, the fundamental shift in, in the different direction there from say, again, Netflix and what they did to television may in fact be a barrier to, to success or, or a certain amount of adoption for folks being willing to pay for it for podcasting. Uh, my nuance personally, uh, though I, I do like that opinion and I think there's a ton of merit to it, uh, that one commenter of Hanks, um, I think that there's a potential two tracks here. Uh, I could see a scenario, for example, where in uh, in Spotify, you, you have the app. I don't want to subscribe and therefore pay. So I could still get, say, uh, Reply All you know, from Gimlet Media and listen to that, but I get served all of the ads that are that are in that show. Uh, including ads for Spotify, right? To, to, to become uh, a subscriber and, and contribute uh, to their economic engine. Uh, or if I, if I am a subscriber and I am paying, then I can listen to that same reply all episode and it has absolutely no ads in it. And I think what could be really interesting is on the creation side for you know the, the production teams that are putting the reply all show together, they create one audio experience, one episode, upload it. Uh, and again, with now anchor.fm being incorporated into their tool set, the creation team just needs to upload the one episode. And then, uh, Spotify can do dynamic ad insertion probably on its own with major algorithms. And then as a consumer, like it's just going to render to me either the free version, uh, of that 
uh, of that episode or the or the paid version, just based on whether or not my user account is logged in or not as a subscriber, the mm. the the creators don't need to do anything else. So how would that work for Reply All in terms of getting paid? Would it be essentially Spotify would be paying them versus traditionally they'd have like a you know email service provider in the middle of their episode, like literally integrated into their episode. And so it just begs the question of like how would creators be served uh, in this way? And is this something that only would would be available to the sort of higher end celebrity type creators or people like us who just want to do and have like a YouTube situation? Like what I would love to see would be like, like more of a YouTube of podcasting versus a Netflix of podcasting where things are free, but there is a community which is what makes YouTube successful. There's there's comments and the ability to react and 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 have conversations with the creator right there in the comment section, which is non-existent on any podcasting platform. I would love to see that. Secondly, a lot more uh, better findability. So I listen to one episode and then I'm given a recommendation of episodes that were similar or great second topics or based on algorithms, understand like what people listen to next and and should I listen to those as well. Uh, recommended podcasts, very similar to YouTube. And more than that, I'd love to see, especially as a creator, um, just just uh, better analytics. I mean, to be honest. Oh my goodness, yeah. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think yeah. it was Ben Sullins, the founder of Teslanomics, who is a good friend of mine. He lives here in San Diego. He has podcasts. He also has a, a very big YouTube channel in the Tesla space. We, we actually had him on the show a while back, or actually... It was either on the show, I think it was on the show, but he was also featured on my YouTube channel. He had won two Tesla Roadsters for all the referrals he did for for Tesla, which is pretty amazing. But he had this genius idea. We were sitting at lunch one day uh, at work, and um, he was like, you know, what if YouTube just became a podcasting platform? Like YouTube itself could become the host where you could host your podcast for free and then get all those analytics and it's already had already has the built-in audience you could subscribe to a person who has both videos and podcasts and you could potentially choose to have both in the feed that will automatically deliver those files to you or just one or the other and to me i was like wow that would be amazingly perfect if if it was a situation like that but it's not quite how podcasting works at least at this moment in time I, I do think we will see more interactivity with podcasting. Oh, God, uh, I hope so. I, I Yeah, I, I think like you're suggesting. Like I can't, to, to everybody listening to us right now, like I have to tell them, hey, go to Instagram, use at Pat Flynn and say hello, which by the way, you should all do that right now as well as at Matt Cartman, <laughs> but, uh, or, or Instagram. And it's just like, there's like you can't comment on this unless you come back to the blog or do something else. Like why not just in the app itself I mean, the only the only correspondence we get is through one sided conversations in the ratings where somebody could leave a rating good or bad. And I can't I can't do anything about it except report it. But it takes a certain number of reports to do anything about comments. And what if what if it was a hateful comment or something that was purely wrong or misunderstood? I can't do anything about that. It's just I definitely hope, like you said, engagement becomes a part of something in the podcasting space soon. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a use case to make for uh, whether it's authenticating with social uh, uh, network sites, um, Facebook and, and Instagram directly into, say, the the Spotify iOS app. So like when you have the player open on your phone and you're listening to that episode, there's some way to like in real time interact with other people that are listening to the listening to that exact same oh, episode like at the exact kind of thing at the exact same time that you are. Um, and maybe in, in a more public square, so not necessarily private chat. I don't know, even though, you know, we're in a moment of, of major, 
a conversation about privacy as a society and social media networks. And there's right. a lot of motion even from, from Facebook to shift some of this actually back into private like DM or group DM conversations. All that said, uh, I definitely think that like user interactivity within a mobile player, you know, within the Spotify app or even within the iOS podcast app, you know, d- straight from Apple, I think is probably something that there'll be some innovation and experimentation with. Uh, I could even see uh, on the commerce side, sort of subscriptions aside, and maybe um, to even put uh, Spotify uh, on the sidelines for a second, you know, with Apple's own innovation uh, or their need to probably start innovating quickly in the podcasting space, coupled with their clear interest in um, like their Apple credit card that yeah, they just announced. Credit card, Apple, uh, Apple and- Pay. With their integrated Apple Pay, I could even potentially dream of a scenario where if you're if you're using the iOS podcast app from Apple and you're listening to an episode and say, you know, say it's SPI and, and Pat, you're, you're having an episode and we wanted to do a fundraiser drive for Pencils of Promise or another charity, right? And we were trying to raise money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, like if you care about this cause and you want to contribute to this cause and you're on an iPhone, just like tap here or, you know, tap right here, right now, use your thumb or, you know, um, have that, you know, facial recognition ID, and then you can collect money right there instantly, like in the podcast experience, if you will. Right. Um, that's cool. What would the, what would the Android users do? Uh, Google would follow suit and and build something similar. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) probably right. Um, so I, I think that as there's greater consolidation of the tech companies and there's obviously major conversation and debate as like the pros and cons of that, but it's happening, um, just to call it out. Right. So as we see, you know, Apple gaining probably far more, uh, dominance even, you know, with, with mobile apps, as we see Google continuing to, to innovate and, and acquire other companies and pull them into, into the fray. And we'll certainly see what happens with, with Spotify. Yeah. I do think we'll see again, more kind of walled garden user behaviors and user scenarios where I can listen to a show. I can somehow pay for that show either through subscription or through an Apple pay sort of transaction experience. That's either just to pay for the show or to contribute to a fundraising or or almost like a Patreon sort of component, Mm -hmm. you know, to that show, uh, more of those user experiences, including all the social stuff we talked about around uh, interacting through comments or something all natively within a single mobile experience without the need of needing to jump out of the player and go somewhere else to do it. Do you think it has to be, Apple or Spotify that does that or Google versus I know there's a lot of other app companies that have tried to come up and create apps to to serve to serve the podcast listening audience like Castbox and and other ones. Sure. No, that's a great question. Um if I were to have to make a bet on that what I would bet is what we will see some of those other smaller companies those startups will especially if the APIs are still available um from the big players, right? Try to build on top of those, build some innovative new capability. And the out. best ones will, are going to get absorbed. They're going to get acquired. That's that's what this that's the universe we live in now. And so again, we can so let's we can build that out. Whether that's good or not, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that you know in the in the longer arc of this, uh, which it's anybody's best guess, and I am not the most qualified person to be probably making the best projections here. But in two years, I think we're going to see tremendously integrated capability from uh discoverability as you say you know smarter ai based recommend 
uh, recommendation engines within podcasting mobile apps. So if you're listening to SPI, you know, at the end of the audio episode, maybe, maybe this is something that even creators can't control at some point because the big tech giants want to do it on their own. You, you listen to an episode and then there's like an audio thing that plays at the end. Hey, if you like if you liked SPI, we'd love to introduce you to this other show. Here's a sample episode, and it just starts playing automatically. You know, I don't know. We're just going to see, I think, though, more yeah. of those inter, uh, uh, interacted components. I think that's a good thing because, uh, again, kind of potentially bring uh, full circle to some of the the original points we launched off on. Like, it continues to promote podcasting as a professional medium. Uh, it, it it increases the bar on quality. Um, it it celebrates creation and in creators like us that, that believe in the future of audio and how we can use audio to tell stories and engage audiences and build community around audio, audio based experiences that, you know, I still love reading and writing, but I think there is truly something special and engaging with audio and we're only touching, uh, or scratching the surface of it right now. Yeah. And I, I agree. And you know, the, the, like what you were saying earlier, the technology is a lot easier to use now and there's new technologies coming. There are new companies, small companies, that are building solutions that, uh, where there exists problems in the podcasting space. Uh, a couple that I know about are Chartable and Podkite because Apple and Spotify and these other directories don't do a good job of like reporting to us creators, us podcasters, exactly what's happening with our rankings and a hub for all of our reviews. Like These tools came out uh, very recently. Uh, there's another one. I, I shared it with you on Slack the other day. HelloCast. Were you able to see that? That's right. Yeah, I only tinkered with it quickly, but yeah, I thought that was a great find on uh, on Product Hunt. Yep. Yeah, it was it was on Product Hunt. Uh, shout out to that team because actually Matt and I had that idea a long time ago, but we just didn't have the time to get around to doing it. But it's the idea of a podcast sort of editorial sponsorship, um, you know, uh, show management tool, and it looks really slick. Like it's super cool that that exists, and it, it just it just th- these are all signs that podcasting is. A, here to stay, which for the longest time, I don't know if you remember, Matt, but for years before any of this big news, it was like podcasting is dead, podcasting is dead, it's it's growing only so slow, and all these other mediums are going so fast. But in an article I read about uh, podcasts, um, it said to – so I'm, I'm reading, I'm quoting it here. It's from The Guardian. Global monthly podcast listener figures are forecast to grow more than sixfold from 200, 287 million – this is listeners – 287 million in 2016 – so 1.85 billion listeners in 2023. And so with listeners and with people come new solutions and new options, and it's really exciting. Um, have you found any other tools in the podcasting space that are sort of new and coming out kind of right at the right time now? Uh, well, I was definitely going to uh, share the one that, that you had shared with me. Um, so th- highly recommend editorially speaking, you know, that platform plays into how we operate and is really important. Uh, I, I love some of the platforms that, that we use and know it, admittedly we, we have relationships with a couple of these companies, but like Buzzsprout is great and just trying to do good things at a hosting level. Um, I, I think just how these technologies again, sort of start to play together. Hopefully, uh, I'd love to either see some of these companies be, you know, creating more open APIs for developers at other companies to integrate with, because in the spirit of trying to move the industry forward together, I think is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you called out a couple great ones. Uh, no other specific ones coming to mind. Um, but but there coming. are they're coming. They're coming. What about they're, what about uh, the uh, the obvious one, Matt? The the probably the best technological tool that was ever invented for podcasts. Do you know which one I'm talking <laughs> about? Uh, smart podcast player. That's right. Probably our tool. Yeah, <laughs> our tool. Uh, SmartPodcastPlayer.com. Yeah, uh, which is still like yeah. To to be honest about that, right? Like 
an amazing thing. Uh, you had that idea, uh, you know, way back in 2014. What was it? Four, yeah, I was going to say like at least four years ago. Um, it remains a WordPress plugin. Uh, it's it's about time we we add some more innovation. We've supported it and grown it incrementally, but you know, uh, as you and I have discussed over the last couple of months uh, of this year, even it's like okay, it's time to go exponential. There's a lot more that we can do uh, because a lot of these technologies are improving across the web. Uh, the audio experience for podcasting shouldn't just be contained within like a mobile phone sort of experience. That was a big uh, you know reason I think why Smart Podcast Player came along to begin with in, in your seminal ideas. Like, how can we make audio enjoyment and audio consumption of podcasts on the web in the browser, you know, better and more engaging, uh, and, and not just limited to again, like a mobile app. So on your blog where your podcast is hosted, like for those of you who don't know about the smart podcast player, it was created primarily just for me. My, we, we hired a developer to build a solution just for me. And it was specifically to house the ask Pat podcast, which was coming out so much. It was five days a week that we needed to build a tool that could nicely display and make it so easy for people on the website to play the episodes, to see the show notes, to go from one episode quickly to the next and all that sort of stuff so that we can have all the episodes literally on one page. And we had so many people ask us like, where did you get that? How can I get one? And we were like, at first, Matt, I was like, Ooh, you can't because this is ours. And how cool are we that we are the only ones in the world that has something like this? And then I was like, wait, this is a, gr- a huge business opportunity. And so we, we ended up turning it into a WordPress plugin for distribution. We also included uh, the single track player, which is uh, far superior to other sort of just single episode players that are out there. And it does so much for you to help you get more downloads, to get more shares. You can even build your email list through your player. And that was a feature that was uh, requested by a lot of the customers, and we're continuing to do that. For example, our latest feature was the sticky player, which means that in addition to your track player on your individual blog posts and the full track player, if you want, or uh, the, the full archive player, if you wanted that as well. You also have the ability to include a little sticky player that lives on every single page of your website that will play uh, the latest episode. And it's there no matter how people enter your website. So every time somebody comes to your website, they'll see your podcast right then and there, even if they aren't on a quote podcast page. And we're going to do more things uh, to give more customization to that in the future. And we have some other fun features that are coming out soon. And by the way, if you have a podcast and you're interested in the smart podcast player, go to smartpodcastplayer.com. You can actually see it in action there. And uh, I don't even I don't even know how many customers we have now, but we're we're like that thousands. business. Genu- genuinely thousands. Thousands, and it's taking off. And, and we've, so far at the beginning of this year, 2019, we've had the best year ever for it. And it continues to grow because of just the, the business and, and how it's set up and how we're continually adding value to the subscribers and, and, the, and the customers there. It's, it's been a lot of fun to do that. And it's, it's making me definitely want to create more solutions for the podcasting space. How about you? Oh, completely. Uh, and one other small little feature uh, that we do currently have for a smart podcast player to kind of share and geek out about for a quick second. Um, show notes being so important to the engagement and shareability of your podcast episodes, you know, across the web uh, could play, you know, and probably should play into your sponsorship strategy. If you are, you know, landing, um, you know, paid sponsors for, for your uh, for your podcast is we have clickable timestamps now. So you can put in, you oh, know, yeah. into your show notes. Uh, like certain um, like minute uh, and second time steps, uh, time stamps that, that a user can click and it'll jump directly to that audio um, segment in our in our track player. So you can help navigate your readers that are reading your show notes directly into those precise segments of your episode. Yeah, I mean, so many, so many great things. So uh, many, so many cool things. Sorry, and, we could and, talk for forever. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, we totally geek out about that. But Matt and I have definitely discussed other 
problems in the podcasting space that we do have the capability to build for and you may or you, you know you may hear about those things in the future but anyway uh we just want to thank you for listening in this is just more of a general chat about what's happening in the podcasting space because you know uh matt and i just want to geek out about this but more than that our customers of power up podcasting and amped up podcasting just want to be informed and uh if you are not a podcaster yet i would highly encourage you to go check out the cheat sheet that's available to help you get started with your show and you can find that at smartpassiveincome.com slash podcast cheat sheet smartpassiveincome.com slash podcast cheat sheet that'll get you started there's also some uh training videos to go along with that too to, to speed you up a little bit and uh, just to all the people who are members of my courses, just thank you for speaking up and, and asking for this. And hopefully this provides some value to you and gets you even more excited about the content platform that you are now a part of. And Matt, any final words to anybody out there listening, podcaster or not? Uh, simply just genuine uh, and honestly practical encouragement here is it's never been easier uh, to start a quality podcast because of the tools, because of the innovation, because of the interest and demand to consume podcasts. So if you've even if, if you've even had a tickle of an interest, you know, go try, go try something, uh, get your get your show out there for the first time. I think you'll really enjoy it. Absolutely. Matt, thank you so much for being on. Uh, stick around, everybody. I have a few final words before we sign off. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with me and Matt. Matt and me, Matt and I, we just, either way, love the fact that you listen all the way through and we appreciate you for that. And by the way, if you wanna start a podcast of your own, like I mentioned in the episode, just go to smartpassiveincome.com slash podcast cheat sheet. One more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash podcast cheat sheet. That'll take you to a checklist of everything you need to know from start to finish to get your podcast up on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and all the good places. And uh, one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash podcast cheat sheet. No spaces, no dashes. It's all there for you, so it's free also, by the way. So make sure you check that out now. And if you wanna check out the show notes and get the links to everything that we mentioned, a lot of the tools and the articles that we referenced, all you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 375. Smartpassiveincome.com slash session 375. And uh, whether you are going to start a podcast or have one already or not, doesn't matter. I hope you are excited about the future of podcasting because it's great. I love it as a content creator and as a consumer as well. And it's just really exciting to be sort of living in this moment of podcasting because I think it's gonna be skyrocketing from this point forward. And I hope you come along with the, uh, come along with us on the ride. So, hey, cheers. Thanks so much, Team Flynn. You're amazing. And uh, make sure you hit subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already because we got a lot of great content coming your way. So much great, like I'm looking at the list of what's coming for the rest of the year and I, I don't wanna ruin it for you. So make sure you hit subscribe and it's gonna be awesome. So uh, just keep crushing it, guys. Love you guys. Thank you so much and Team Flynn for the win. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, 
setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it. 